Tanisan has the last word. Dr. Yamada stood at the window of his second-story surgery and gazed down on the leafy little park behind the Ikebukuro Medical Centre. At 58, he was a slight, serious-looking man with lush grey hair and a wide mouth turned down at the corners. To look at him, you'd never have guessed that he was in a particularly buoyant mood that afternoon. But he was. It was Friday. He only had one more patient to see, and then his much-deserved holiday would begin. Good food, a few rounds of golf, and some quiet evenings at home with a glass or two of Pinot Noir. Just then, however, he was shaken from this reverie by the crackling of the intercom. Mrs Tanny here to see you, Doctor. Dr Yamada closed his eyes and gave a thin, hopeless sigh. Whenever he heard those dreaded words, all the hope drained out of him. The sky darkened and his entire world turned to ashes and dust. Uh, tell her that I've been called away on an emergency, he hastily improvised. That, uh, that could be a bit difficult, came the receptionist's reply. The doctor shut his eyes again and swore under his breath. She's waiting by the door, isn't she? he surmised. Yes, answered the receptionist. Yes, she is. With some reluctance, Dr Yamada turned towards the door of his surgery and there was Tanisan, her face pressed up against the frosted glass, peering in. All right, he resolved like a man about to face a firing squad. You'd better send her in. Barely had he flicked the switch when Tanisan came bustling into his office and sat down without being asked to. Clearly this was something of a routine. I'm feeling very sad today, she announced, skipping the niceties. Oh dear, said the doctor, wearily assuming his usual position on the other side of the desk. As was his tendency when dealing with this particular patient, he began to slump despondently to one side, rested his elbow on the arm of his chair and massaged his temples with slow, steady movements. He could already feel one of his headaches coming on. There was a silence. Well, aren't you going to ask me why? Why are you feeling sad today? obliged the doctor with all the feeling of a satellite navigation system. Because of what happened yesterday, explained Tanisan, not explaining anything at all. Oh, God, thought Dr Yamada, we're playing that game. OK, so what happened yesterday, he felt compelled to ask, even though every single fibre of his being was screaming out in protest. Tanisan gave a disapproving tut. Really, Doctor, do I have to say everything twice? Thursday is the day that I visit Mrs Sato's grave. I really don't see how you can be trusted with other people's lives if you can't retain a few simple facts. From now on, I shall speak slowly and use easy words. There was an uncharacteristic flash of anger in the good Doctor's eyes, but then he took a deep breath and forced a smile onto his face. Yes, of course, he answered through gritted teeth. How very forgetful of me. Ah, well, there you are, you see, said Tanisan, tapping her temple. Age will do that to you. The mechanism starts to go. What are you talking about? I'm only 58. Yes, said Tanisan. Well, I have a cousin who's 58 and he's already been dead for five years. But then he was always very competitive. The doctor frown deepened. He didn't get that last non sequitur at all, so in the end he just had to let it pass. Look, he said, just get on with the story. What story? asked Tanisan. Yesterday? Your friend's grave? Oh yes, she said. Well, as usual, I went there in the afternoon to clear away the flowers. The dead flowers, cut in Dr Yamada. What? 
You cleared away the dead flowers, presumably. No, said Tanisan, clearly confused. Any flowers? There was a bewildered silence on both sides of the desk before Tanisan spoke again. So as I say, I went there in the afternoon to clear away any kinds of flowers, and as I stood there looking down at that sad little 70-centimetre gravestone, at this the doctor looked up at her again. Just a minute. How did you come to know the measurements of your friend's gravestone, he asked. Tanisan looked at him as if he just asked her what year it was or which country they were living in. Well, I measured it, obviously, she answered. How do you think? Are there going to be many more of these interruptions? The doctor blinked, his befuddlement unabated. Thank you, she said. So anyway, as I stood there in that quiet little corner of the Komagomi Cemetery looking down at that silly gravestone, I started to feel sad. At first I couldn't understand why. After all, I'd been going there for months and had never felt like that before. Quite the opposite, in fact. But then I realised what it was. There were so many things that I wish I'd said to Mrs Sattle when she was alive. And now I can't because she's dead. Flattened to the thickness of an okonomiyaki by an inexplicable walrus. They had to fold her into the back of the ambulance. Dr Yamada sat up a little and began to take a serious interest. He could hardly believe that these words were coming out of this woman's mouth. It almost restored his faith in human nature. Yes, he said, recalling certain sad events in his own past. I think I understand what you mean. So often we neglect to say the things we should to the people that matter to us. Then suddenly they've gone and it's too late. Exactly, said Tanisan. For example, I remember how she always liked to talk about herself whenever she got the chance to. So I just ignored her. When what I should have said was, You stupid Obersan, when are you going to get it into your thick skull that nobody cares what university you went to? And the same goes for that idiot son you're always bragging about. If he's as clever as you seem to think he is, why doesn't he stop playing video games, get off his big fat bottom and find a place of his own? But I'm far too nice to talk like that. And as you say, by the time I thought of it, it was too late. Tanisan sat back and twitched her nose. That's just one example, of course. There are tons of others. On hearing this, Dr Yamada's heart sank and his views on human nature reverted to their default setting. No, no, he objected. That's not what I meant at all. I'm talking about the guilt you feel when other people have gone. Oh, said Tanisan. Well, I could fully understand why you'd feel like that. The doctor frowned. What's that supposed to mean? Don't pretend you don't remember, said Tanisan. Last week I came here and you charged me 30,000 yen just for saying that I had a cold. I told you that. What? Well, who wouldn't feel guilty if they'd just done a thing like that? Suppose I called a plumber and told him that my sink was blocked. I'd expect him to do a little bit more than just repeat my own words back at me and then charge me a fortune for the highly dubious pleasure of having him there. Dr Yamada gave a contemptuous grunt. In all fairness, he said, I hardly think the work of a general practitioner can be compared to that of a plumber. Oh, I see, said Tanisan. So now you think you're better than everyone else. That's not what I meant, said the physician. Well, it sounded like it to me. And let me tell you something else, doctor. It's arrogance like that that led to 9-11 and the international banking crisis. I just hope you're proud of yourself. The doctor gaped at her, utterly flabbergasted. You're not seriously trying to suggest that I'm in some way responsible for Islamic terrorism and the global recession? It's not for me to say, said Tanisan with a dismissive shrug of her shoulders. That's a matter between you and your conscience. 
By that stage, the doctor's headache was getting worse, and his eagerly anticipated holiday was starting to seem further and further away. Please, he said, can we just get back to the matter in hand? Oh, do we have to, said Tanisan, who was just starting to have fun. Yes, insisted the doctor, I think we should. I mean, what's really going on here? I would have thought that was obvious, said Tanisan. You're going to charge me another 30,000 yen just for sitting there. No, no, persisted Dr Yamada. I'm talking about this bizarre relationship that you have with this Mrs Sato, said Tanisan. S-A-T-O. Would you like me to write it down for you? That last jibe smarted somewhat. Yet Dr Yamada was determined not to rise to the bait. Instead, he tried a different approach by appealing to Tanisan's common sense. Always a mistake. Look, he implored in his calmest, most reasonable voice, all I'm trying to do is to put this into some sort of perspective. What's the point in keeping this ridiculous feud going? You're hardly likely to benefit from it. The woman's dead, for heaven's sake. Yet still you go there, week after week, just to remove the flowers from her grave. Where's that getting you? I see said Tanisan, nodding thoughtfully. So, you think I ought to adopt a more effective strategy? No! snapped the exasperated GP. I think you should drop it altogether. And go straight to my final revenge, said Tanisan. No, no, forget about revenge, remonstrated the doctor, whose left eye had started twitching like a vegan in a sausage factory. How can you get revenge on someone who's already dead? It doesn't make any sense. Hmm mused Tanisan as she considered this for a moment. You may have a point for once. Thank God, rejoiced the doctor, throwing up his hands. Yes, said Tanisan. I have to admit, it was a shrewd move being dead, particularly for someone of her limited capabilities. But if she thinks it's going to make any kind of difference in the long run, then she has seriously miscalculated. The doctor groaned as he saw his last line of logic evaporate into thin air. No, no, that's not what I meant at all, he objected. <laughs> well, why does that not surprise me, said Tanisan. I thought I was being a bit too optimistic. At this, Dr Yamada suddenly sat bolt upright as if he'd just been stung. Such was the pounding of the kodo drums in his head that he could contain himself no longer. Look! He exploded, jumping to his feet. Can't you see that getting revenge on people doesn't solve anything? You can't go through life being angry all the time. If you have a problem with someone, you have to sit down, just as we're doing now, and discuss it calmly. There was a thunderous silence. Have you ever noticed the way that one long hair in your nostril waggles about whenever you get upset? Asked Tanisan, apropos of nothing. What's that got to do with anything? retorted the doctor, putting his hand to his nose. Nothing. I just think you ought to take it easy, particularly at your age. All that tension can't be good for your health. Perhaps you need a holiday. That was it. Dr Yamada was now so angry that he couldn't speak or even organise his thoughts properly. They were jumping about inside his head like a bunch of fetus ghosts at playtime. Instead, he just sank back into his chair, seething impotently with his hand across his face. Tanizan, on the other hand, was the very picture of serenity, so much so that she hummed a little tune to herself as she glanced at her wristwatch. It was now almost five, and as much as she would have liked to continue the conversation, just to get her money's worth, if nothing else, there were other places that she needed to be. 
Anyway, she said, I can't sit here all day, though I won't deny it's been quite useful having this chat. You may not have contributed very much to the serious side of the discussion, but it has helped me to sort out a few things in my own mind. I realise now that I was right all along. There are certain scores to be settled. So saying, she got up, buttoned her coat and headed out into the waiting room where she spent the next ten minutes arguing with the receptionist until she'd finally managed to finagle a 30% discount on her bill. While she was waiting for the receipt, she advised a passing intern that he should really try and have a shave before going on duty and make himself a bit more presentable for the sake of the older patients, who still expected certain standards. After that, she took the lift to the ground floor, headed out through the glass doors and began making her way along the Meiji Dory. She had a couple of other errands to run before going home that evening. So as she was crossing the road, she took out her purse to make sure that she had all of the necessary paperwork. As she did so, a few small coins fell out of her pocket and scattered on the crossing, whereupon she bent down to pick them up. Indeed, she was so intent on recovering every last one of them that she failed to notice that she was holding up an ambulance, which was on its way to the Ikebukuro Medical Centre to pick up a certain Dr Yamada. He'd apparently suffered some sort of minor episode and would have to spend the next few days in hospital undergoing tests. Her first port of call was the Komagome Cemetery, where she had decided to make a down payment that day. The people who ran the place were somewhat mystified by the exacting nature of Tanisan's demands, but had more or less complied with them to her satisfaction. What she had requested was a single plot for herself, very close to a certain grave, but slightly higher up in a spot that saw more sunshine. Once that transaction had been completed, she then went on to see the stonecutter, who occupied premises closer to her home. At first, the little man who owned the business had some difficulty interpreting her request, but he finally got the gist of it. He was to set aside a piece of his finest granite to carry a simple two-word inscription. I win. Aside from that, there was only one specification. It was to be exactly... 71 centimetres tall. 